0: around the globe. It's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network.
1: I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the
0: mountain air, man. Travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Maxa's World.
2: Welcome to another hour of the country's most widely syndicated radio travel show. I'm Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. And coming up this hour, we'll take a look at the ratings that names America's best and worst airlines in 2014. And Republican members of the House and Senate left on Thursday for a 2 days retreat in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Now, this is the town that Chocolate built, and we'll learn a little about its fascinating and surprising background from an academician who combed archives to learn the secrets of its founder, Milton Hershey, the man who grew rich selling five-cent candy bars. We know our American holidays, Labor Day, Memorial Day, and so on, but overseas, some nations celebrate different things, such as the great outdoors. Journalist Star Vartan joins to describe several of these holidays that you've probably never heard of but to bring a measure of peace and renewal to its celebrants. And do airlines still offer bereavement fares? Well, Brian Kelly, the points guy, brings us up to date and suggests an alternative should you need to buy an airline ticket at the last minute. But first, let's consider that question of which U.S. airlines provided great customer service last year and who was at the bottom of the class. You would think that 2014 would have been a fabulous year for the airlines. What was the sharp drop in fuel prices, full planes... Lots of income from fees. And stock prices for airlines have, in some cases, doubled this past year. But working with a tracking firm called FlightStats, the Wall Street Journal's Scott McCartney this week put together a report card that wasn't exactly one you'd like to take home to mom and dad. It was in Thursday's journal with his regular column, The Middle Seat. Scott, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Good to be with you, Rudy. All right. so, So what's the problem here? I thought 2014 would be a banner year for airlines. Uh, Yeah, you would think so Um, and it certainly was
1: financially for airlines, but it wasn't really for travelers. Um, There was a a lot of improvement of past years uh, disappeared and and, uh, we regressed in a lot of ways. There were some external issues. Um, Remember the polar vortex of last winter hit airlines hard, the air traffic control center fire in Chicago hit some airlines hard, Uh, Mm -hmm. and of course one of the measures of uh, of, uh, airline reliability is is how airlines recover uh, from events like that. Um, they don't all recover the same. They, they certainly get impacted differently, but, um, but how they take care of their customers when, uh, when there are disruptions or how quickly they resume flying can really impact um, their results. Baggage handling worsened last year. There were more people who were bumped from flights. There were more canceled flights. Um, just uh, across the board, um, it was a, a worse year for air travel.
2: Well, let's take a look at the numbers. You used seven metrics to measure airline performance. We don't need to list them all because we'll talk about it in a moment. But 66,000 more flights were canceled compared to 2013. Is this almost all attributable to weather and the uh, that shutdown for a couple of days in Chicago or at least slowdown because of the Air Traffic Control Center fire?
1: No, I don't think it's all attributable to that. Um, uh, one example, American told me that they actually got more conservative on canceling flights this year. So not, not only those disruptions, but the run-of-the-mill thunderstorms in the summer and things like that. Um, they took a more conservative approach and were more aggressive at canceling, so they didn't have uh, a bunch of people stuck at the airport um, mm-hmm. because they decided they had to cancel flights later than they planned. Um, sometimes that works out for the airline. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, If the storm doesn't materialize and you've canceled a bunch of flights and a lot of people are left uh, really mad that uh, uh, there's there's sunny skies out there and and you're telling me that you canceled my flight. uh, What's going on? Um, So that was, you know, that was one factor. Um, Southwest is another airline that uh, um, that had a tough year. They actually just got fined by the Department of Transportation for uh, leaving people stuck on airplanes um, uh, for for long periods of time. Um, they had more flight cancellations. Um, so you can't all blame the weather. It's, it's how airlines respond to it.
2: We also reported that there were big problems with luggage handling, a 17% increase in lost bags over, 13, uh, over 2013. And one of those culprits was Southwest that had sort of unusual problems with luggage. Is that because they're, you know, they still offer two bags free, so people feel free to take more bags on Southwest than they do on I, the competitors? I, I,
1: yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but but there were baggage problems um, uh, across the board, and and it was surprising because airlines have invested in new technology, and as they've imposed fees, people have checked fewer bags, so they've been able to uh, handle uh, sort of uh, do do a better job with lower volume. Um, it's obviously not true at Southwest. Uh, their their bag volume was up um, about four percent. They handled eighty eight million bags last year. Oh, and uh, and you know they they had uh, schedule problems where um, they actually added a bunch of uh, time into their schedule, time between flights. Um, to try and get their on-time performance better. Um, baggage handling often goes uh, hand-in-hand with on-time performance. If flights come in late, they miss connections just like people do. And uh, and so um, bags get lost. They, they don't end up going where they're supposed to go. Um, so, and Southwest also said that, you know, a lot of their, they've grown a lot. A lot of their equipment is old for, uh, for the volume that they're processing in bags. Um, they, they said it wasn't really sort Sort of a hey, uh, hey, we you know we sort of routinely lose a bag here and there. What would happen is things would work okay, and then baggage belts would break down in different cities ah. because the the volume was just uh, you know they're, they're, they are handling so many more bags because bags fly free at Southwest. So right. the, the,
2: the, let me ask you because we only have a minute and a half left, Scott. Give us the two airlines that showed the best and the two that showed the worst. Keeping in mind that Spirit and Hawaiian were not measured.
1: Yeah, the the two best, uh, and they do per, perennially they do well. Alaska and Virgin America, um, they do they have in, both have incentives for employees that are very customer focused. Um, they have certainly invested in new technology. Um, Alaska has an interesting uh, baggage guarantee; they'll they'll give you a twenty-five dollar voucher if they don't deliver the bag within twenty minutes at the carousel. That's forced the airline oh, wow. to really get better at uh, at handling bags. And on the other end. And uh, two perennial laggards in in all of these um, reliability and customer service measures, um, uh, United and American. Uh, United was last in in or last or next to last in all seven of the categories we looked at. Oh my at. goodness! Um, and uh, and you know, United said, well, they got hit harder by some of the problems um, last year, but uh, sure. uh, they are still having problems with their merger um, with Continental. They uh, they just um, uh, they led. They were worst among airlines in uh, extreme delays and canceled flights, in uh, in bumping passengers. American had. Uh uh, more two-hour tarmac delays than uh, as a percentage of flights and, than anybody. Um, it, both airlines um, struggled. I, I think American uh, faces uh, more challenges this year with the with the merger with U.S. Air, um, but yeah. they're really working hard to improve their operation, and they, they engineered a turnaround at U.S. Air. They're trying to do the same thing in American, and in some measures, they really did
2: uh, start to show right. some improvement. Yeah, you also pointed out United promises to do better. Hey, Scott, thank you for dropping by. Very very illuminating. Thank you. Sure. Take care, Rudy. Scott McCartney writes the middle seat column in the Wall Street Journal. We'll be back after this break. A look behind the chocolate curtain of Hershey, Pennsylvania.
0: Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back.
3: If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please write down this number. 1-800-426-6186 that's 1-800-426-6186 by calling aid in recovery for help with drug and alcohol addiction you can turn your life around our advisors are ready to match you with a proven treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all your future is a bright place don't waste any more time making friends and family worry about you when you call right now you'll speak to an expert advisor who understands what you're going through we can help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol before it's too late this call is completely confidential and if you have private insurance there will be little to no cost to you take control of your life now make the one call count 1-800-426-6186. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. 1-800-426-6186. If you've got
4: aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about
5: Relief Factor 4.
4: I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at ReliefFactor4.com.
6: That's ReliefFactor4.com. All coughs aren't the same, and neither are all cough medicines. Robitussin DM Max is a fast, powerful cough medicine with a unique dual action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and relieves even the toughest coughs that can come with a cold wet, (coughs) dry, (coughs) and hacking. Don't let a cough control you. Control your cough with Robitussin DMX. Soothe your throat, relieve your cough, and don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed.
0: connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Welcome back
2: to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this hour of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by Tricom. Whether you travel or or not, do you experience dry skin? Between cold weather and dry cabin air in planes, that's a recipe for dry and comfortable skin. Tricolm works to soothe those skin irritations. In fact, a recent clinical study showed Tricolm is five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. So if you have dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some Tricolm. It's easy to travel with, too. It comes in a two-ounce tube, perfect for your carry-on. Find Tricolm in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS pharmacies. A little bit of breaking news as I come to you live at uh, ten eighteen, well eleven eighteen Eastern time on Saturday morning. Keep in mind, many of our shows time shift the this, uh, many of our stations time shift the show to later in Saturday or even into Sunday. But as I broadcast live at ten eight eleven eighteen uh, Eastern time. Uh, I just have got news that due to smoke in the tunnel, the Eurostar train has ceased service in England. Trains that were en route were told to return to their, wherever they were coming from, and there will be no Eurostar service at all in uh, between UK and uh, mainland Europe uh, for the rest of the day. So that affects anybody in your family who might be traveling over there. You might want to let them know, no Eurostar uh, coverage. The Republicans uh, from the House and the Senate uh, this week decided to get together and talk about their strategy for the upcoming legislative year, and they did so at Hershey Park in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Now, this is a fascinating place, and I turned to a woman who, along with another academician, did a great look. Actually, they did a paper or an article uh, for an Ohio University-published publication called Journalism History, and it took a look at how Hershey, the town of Hershey, grew, the man behind it named Milton Hershey, and how he eschewed advertising. It was a look at sort of the marketing. But along with this, along with that marketing, which is, we're not a marketing show, we're a travel show, um, Lisa Mullican Parcel and Meg Lamb uh, looked at the background of this place, which has a unique history. And I'm delighted to uh, invite uh, Lisa Parcel to the show. Nice to have you here, Lisa. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Rudy. Thanks for and inviting me. me.
2: And let me identify you. You're an assistant professor at the Elliott School of Communication in Wichita State University in Wichita. Um, delighted to have you here. You and your colleague Meg um, took a look at this. Tell just can you give us a a little glimpse behind? Uh, I call it the chocolate curtain. Um, this company that started in 1900 with a with a nickel milk chocolate bar. Who was Milton Hershey?
7: Milton Hershey was raised in dairy church of Pennsylvania in Lancaster County. And his mother was Mennonite, very much so. And he was raised in that tradition. He started in the caramel business, started learning how to make caramels, learning how to make ice cream, tried the caramel business a couple times, didn't go so well. Then finally got it right, made a bunch of money. And in 1900, he became fascinated with chocolate. And in this country at the time, you couldn't buy much eating chocolate. You could buy powdered chocolate to make chocolate milk, to put in baked goods, but you couldn't actually go out and buy a chocolate bar. And he decided that that's what he wanted to sink all his money into. So in 1900, he sold his caramel business and started up his chocolate business. And he really believed that chocolate was a health food, that everybody should be able to afford and purchase a chocolate bar. So like you said, he only charged a nickel, kept that for years and years and years, and as time went on, he decided that the best way to match the culture that he was raised in with the Mennonite faith and the needs of that church and, and their values, that he should create kind of a utopian society where people should live and work and play, and that was Hershey, Pennsylvania.
2: So there in, in this dairy, the dairy fields of Pennsylvania where he lived.
7: Yes That's there where he was grew up. no
2: Hershey. There was no Hershey, Pennsylvania till Milton Hershey made Hershey, Pennsylvania. Is that a correct? Is that correct? That
7: is correct. Yes, it was Derry Church, Pennsylvania, kind of a little one horse town area, but when he started building around 1903, he quickly changed the name to Hershey and created everything. I mean, he built the schools, he built the town, he built the theater, he built the bowling alley, he built the everything, and he created that town.
2: And of course, as if, if folks aren't familiar with it in other parts of the country, Hershey, Pennsylvania, now has an enormous amusement park with no fewer than thirteen rides, thirteen ride shows, restaurants. It is a—I don't know if resort is the right word. It's an amusement park destination, but also this is a town that, literally, you told me you visited. Mm-hmm. Smells like chocolate.
7: It does. People had always told us that. When you go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, it's really neat because you drive into town, you can start smelling the chocolate. And we took a family vacation up there a few years ago, started to pull into town. Everybody rolled down their windows, and you're, they weren't kidding. It really smells like chocolate.
2: And the, uh, the street lamps are topped with Hershey Kisses. And... Hershey
7: Kisses, yes. Milton has his touch everywhere. There's a great story that until the day she died, Milton's mother continued to hand wrap Hershey Kisses for him, which she... <laughs> because of hygienic reasons, had to throw away. But he let her help <laughs> until the day she died.
2: Well, he was very big on it. I quote from your piece. Uh, he wanted a small town in the countryside, efficient and harmonious, with fresh air, good, clean living for the workers and their families. One of his uh, friends said there was nothing malicious about him, according to uh, uh, folks who knew him. He really had these ideals, and he really did, as you say, almost want to create this utopian place that had, you know, Really Clean production facilities and chocolate and people happy um, was there a dark side to him at all?
7: Not that we discovered <laughs> he he really did believe that clean, healthy living was the way to go, and he believed that for his workers, he believed it for his family. It was just he and his wife, and he believed it for the orphanage that he started trying to help young boys. He thought that helping boys at the time was more important than helping girls because orphan girls were easier to place in homes than orphan boys and he really built his whole town in of the healthy rolling hills of Pennsylvania, where he had happy cows, happy employees and and <laughs> happy chocolate eaters.
2: <laughs> sounds like a movie now it let's does. Talk, let's focus a little on this boy's orphanage because in nineteen eighteen he endowed the school with a trust worth sixty million dollars in nineteen eighteen i don 't know what that was, but that was a lot of money.
7: that was a lot of money. Yes, he and his wife never were able to have children, they always wanted children and as kind of a sign of good faith that he was really putting his money where his heart was, he donated all of, pretty much all of his wealth at that time, very, very quietly to the school. The news of that donation didn't really break until about five years later, 1923. So he really so believed that he too. was doing something good for the world.
2: And he did it without a lot of fanfare. My guest is Lisa Mulligan-Parcell. She is an associate professor at the Elliott School of Communication at Wichita State University. And a couple of years ago, I just happened to have kept this piece around because I enjoyed it so much. She and a colleague uh, wrote a piece for journalism history, and it looked at the marketing practices of Hershey. But I was particularly interested because the Republican Senate and House uh, members are meeting or um, met for two days uh, beginning Thursday in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I really wanted to uh, to share with the audience so the background of this this town that was made entirely on chocolate. I'm looking at one of the so – this again in your piece. Um, he, as you said, he, he thought chocolate – he, he called it food. I mean, it was food mm-hmm. to drink, he said. And one of the booklets had a uh, – uh, It was an adaptation of a popular song at the time, and this is one of the verses. A little child said to her mother, dear, cocoa and chocolate are healthful, I hear. Yes, said her mother, if they're pure and fresh, said the chocolate. Well, that means Hershey's, I guess.
7: Yes. (laughs) And to put it into context, that was around 1906 when the Food Drug Administration had started, and people really were worried about pure food and drug. They were worried about additives being added to the food and the milk not being clean and healthy. And so he thought chocolate was... A, very healthy to eat because it was nutritious, but also he wanted to stress the idea that his particular chocolate, because it was raised with happy, healthy cows in the (laughs) idyllic pastures of Pennsylvania, that it, as a food product, was healthy and happy.
2: I just love this. I'm, sur- I'm uh, you know, if there were enough hotel rooms there, I know there are hotels there because this mm-hmm. is a big tourist destination, but if there are enough I I'd I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Republicans after two days there said, Let's have our Republican convention here for goodness sake. <laughs> Healthy, <stay>. happy, <laughs> clean, American, you know. And I mean he really did so so is his vision still being carried out as near as nearly as you, you could tell?
7: As nearly as we can tell. When Meg and I were there, It was interesting. If you talk to people who had lived there for a long time, they still referred to him as Mr. Hershey. And the townspeople were very protective of the thought and the image and the the legacy of Mr. Hershey. He really was kind of a a grandfather figure. You could talk to people who said that they remembered seeing his car drive through town. They remembered meeting him somewhere. He He was very quiet and kept to himself. So for the townspeople to really today still think it was special when they remembered seeing him, usually later in his life, but remember seeing him at all, that that really does go to show the impact that he had on that town.
2: We have 15 seconds left. Is there any other industry around there now?
7: Uh, if tourism-wise, the Mennonite community. Beautiful area, lots of really good food, and just a great place to visit.
2: Hershey, Pennsylvania. All right, we are. Uh, Janet has put a link to this article. It's called "Promoting Hershey: The Chocolate Bar, the Chocolate Town, the Chocolate King." Uh, uh, Lisa and uh, Meg's uh, piece is uh, uh, linked on my Facebook fan page, which is Rudy Maxa Travel/Leisure. You can read it. It's a fascinating piece. I said, done by two academicians. You don't hear journalists often having academicians on the show and saying, "What a great <laughs> article they wrote." But you guys did it. Thank you, Lisa, for stopping by.
7: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Hershey, Pennsylvania, home to lots of clean chocolate food and, lately, Republicans. We'll be right back.
5: <laughs>
0: Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show
5: anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The power swabs five minute challenge is is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for 5 minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201.
0: are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com.
2: Now, back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. Here in you're listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show, Glad You Are. My guest is Star Vartan. The subject is things that people do in other countries that I got to tell you are a little more meaningful than some of the things we do in this country. Uh, at least associated with holidays and festivals star Varton is a writer and a journalist she has a bent toward environmental issues uh, Is a contributing writer for e the environmental magazine um, she writes about transportation and energy all kinds of stuff uh, star welcome to the show nice to have you here
8: thanks so much rudy
2: and what caught my and and, and what, what caught my attention about uh, a piece Star wrote recently was a piece that uh, we've uh, we'll link to on our I've already linked to on the Facebook fan page. It's called Seven Cultural Concepts We Don't Have in the United States," and it was a look that uh, Ms. Vartan took around the world at things that people do that, well, I, I mean, am I stretching it, Star to say that they are perhaps soul and mind expanding?
8: a good way of putting it um uh, several of them are pretty ancient concepts uh that have really strong um, import to the cultures that they are a part of so um some of them are environmental some of them have you know an environmental bent as you know i tend to look at things with
2: Right, and some of them are general concepts. Uh, gemutlichkeit, for example, for Germans, which is a general sense of well-being and satisfying. But let's look at something that is, 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 is very specific. Uh, you talk about this Norwegian, I, again, I'm, I'm always struggling for the noun here, concept at the very least. And I don't know, I would call it frilutsiliv. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Perhaps you can uh, explain it to me as well.
8: Sure, um, I think it's frilutsiv is sort of the closest uh, pronunciation that I heard. I'm not a Norwegian speaker, so (laughs) I hope I didn't butcher it too much. Um, But I love that one. And, um, you know, we originally did this uh, series on MNN.com, which is the site that I wrote this for, because we had done an article on um, "huge," which is the Dutch um, idea that's similar to the German uh, one that you just mentioned. And, um, so anyway, by the way, the,
2: by the way, MNN stands for the Mother Nature Network, MNN.com. But, but this one, this, this, this Norwegian one, translates sort of as free air life. What is it about? What is, what is it that the Norwegians do when they're honoring this concept?
8: The idea is, and, you know, I researched it, and then I actually got a really great comment from a Norwegian person on the story, too, is that it translates as free air life. And it it was coined recently, and there were people that commented that this is also a Swedish idea as well, Um, but in 1859 by a writer. And it's the idea that being outside on a regular basis every day is really good for human beings, both mind and spirit. And it's it's about being outside in nature, but in Norway it's not just about doing that once-a-week hike. It's about starting when children are very, very young, Bundling them up, um, getting them outside, even kindergarten children spending time outside, even in the super super cold days that they have, obviously in Norway in the winter. Um, Right. It's about about skiing. It's about getting kids on skis when they're two or three years old. Uh, It's about having bonfires outside in the winter, even on those dark days.
2: Okay, let me move. Let me move us along because we have a limited amount of time. We're also Skype is coming in and out. We we apologize to our listeners for that, but we can understand you. Um, a star. In Japan, they're a little more specific for this Shinrin-yoku, which involves f- getting out in, specifically into forests. Um, and, and you call it forest bathing. Yeah,
8: that's the translation. I love I think that's such a perfect translation. I love it, uh, Of this idea. And yeah, it's basically that the idea is like washing your skin when you're in the shower. You wash your spirit and um, it's healthy to wash yourself in the The forest. And there's a little science behind this. There's um, actually some um, pheromone like substances that uh, trees release. So some scientists have linked that to lower stress levels. So the Japanese really, you know, connect this with a health thing that is probably real.
2: Uh, I love this. And and, yeah, this uh, phytonicides that that include garlic, onion, pine, uh, tea tree, and oak um those aromas apparently the japanese believe will help soothe and calm the the spirit gosh we don't have enough time to go into all these and i know how do you pronounce this one uh, in in denmark now the danes are notoriously happy people despite the fact that it's dark there a good part of the year it's spelled h y g g e and we only have 1 minute star but how do you pronounce that
8: it's hygge Uh, From what I've heard, and it's really, uh, coziness is probably the best English translation, but it's more of an overwhelming feeling of being with friends, it's being around the fire, it's even just lighting a candle on the dark days and sort of appreciating that light. So it's, all these things are untranslatable for a reason.
2: (laughs) Well, I just love it. This is a take a look at it, and uh, maybe you can incorporate some of these concepts into your life. Star Vartan is the author of the piece. It's at, uh, well, we have a direct link to it. If you go to my Facebook fan page, Rudy Max at Travel Leisure, there's a, there's a link to these seven concepts, some general, some quite specific. that Star Vartan wrote. And uh, Star is a journalist and a writer with a particular interest in the environment and obviously uh, things of health. Star, I'm delighted to have you on the show for the first time. I'm sorry about the Skype connection. You sort of came in on us, but I think we got it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Star. You're listening to Rudy Max's World, and we're going to come right back in just a moment, and uh, we're going to talk about how, if you travel alone, you can find someone to travel with or be with on the road. Go away.
0: Rudy Maxa's World phone lines are open anytime, so call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages.
3: If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please write down this number. 1 800 426 6186. That's 1 800 426 6186. By calling Aid in Recovery for help with drug and alcohol addiction, you can turn your life around. Our advisors are ready to match you with a proven treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all. Your future is a bright place. Don't waste any more time making friends and family worry about you. When you call right now, you'll speak to an expert advisor who understands what you're going through. We can help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol before it's too late this call is completely confidential and if you have private insurance there'll be little to no cost to you take control of your life now make the one call count 1-800-426-6186 that's
6: 1-800-426-6186 1-800-426-6186 and Coffequence number 29 The Not-So-Silent Night (laughs)
3: Uh.
0: Sorry,
6: hon
3: Oh, you keep waking me up. I think that's... Little- Come on,
5: it's 3 a.m.
6: <coughs> Control your cough with Robitussin DM Max Nighttime. It has a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and delivers fast, powerful relief of the coughs that can keep you up at night, which is good news for you and the person one pillow over. Robitussin. Don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. If you've got aches and
4: pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information
5: or to order Relief Factor 4... Go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in 5 minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in 5 minutes using clinically proven Power Swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-minute challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If line Lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-minute challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for 5 minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201 transform your smile into a wow you look great smile dial 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201 get out the map get out the map and lay your finger in it
0: To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world.
2: 43 after the hour. You know, one of the most frequently asked questions I get is uh, from folks who say, you know, I want to travel, but I don't really have anybody to travel with, and I sort of get lonely on the road, so I'm not taking the trips I would like to be. Anthony Volpe is the chief marketing officer of the website called Triptogether.com, and I guess you can imagine what the subject of that website is or what the focus of that website is, but I'll let the the man himself tell me. Uh, Mr. Volpe, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rudy.
2: All right. So, how does Trip Together work? Who's it aimed at, and how how does one use that website?
4: Yes. Yeah, so, basically, this is a social travel website. So, we connect people anywhere at any time to help them realize their travel aspirations and pursue more exciting and enjoyable travel experiences together. This is really for travel enthusiasts looking for international travel mainly, and um, the travel website is basically. Geared towards people who want to find people abroad, uh, to find the, the perfect companion to share in some adventure, or to find a local from whom they can get uh, great local travel advice.
2: And I think that last point is uh, as, as important as finding a traveling companion because, you know, maybe you don't want to be with someone 24 7, as in a traveling companion, particularly someone you don't know very well but certainly once you get off the plane if you have a local contact and how are, how are those local contacts gathered on your website are they folks who actually register on triptogether.com and say look i'm i'm a baker i'm a student i'm a teacher whatever and i live here in i don't know copenhagen and i'd be happy to meet somebody who's visiting from anywhere
4: that's absolutely correct right now on the website we have over 300,000 travel enthusiasts and just as you said people who uh, are living in a certain place uh, can offer themselves as people to whom somebody can reach out for travel advice uh, even for some travel companionship while they're in that um, in that city also um, you know people who are around the world looking for somebody to travel to a certain destination at a certain time might post something to say hey I, I am going to for example, um, Stockholm in June, and who might be interested in joining me. Uh,
2: how, how long has the website been up?
4: The website's been up since early 2013, so about two years now.
2: Okay. And, and how many f- active users do you ha- do you think, I mean, can you even guess in an average week how many people make connections?
4: Well, you know, we have um, we have over 50,000 connections usually per month. Uh, meaning uh, talking about 50,000 trips, and basically the 300,000 members that we have span 200 countries and over 11,000 cities, so it really is truly global.
2: As, I mean, I know this is a cliched question. Have anybody ever gotten married as a result of a connection that you know of?
4: <laughs> We have heard uh, of some, some stories like that. Certainly, um, you know, triptogether.com is not uh, a dating website, it is, it is right. a social travel website. But yes, you know, included in some of the travel stories we hear are people that successfully connect in terms of their travel aspirations and then do end up making some kind of a, you know, either a serious relationship or a marriage.
2: Well, I always imagined my children would visit Italy at a young age and meet some family that owns a fabulous winery and vineyard where I and my dotage would be able to sit out and watch the sunset and drink fine wine, but that's never happened. So it doesn't even have to be somebody you travel with. It could be somebody you meet while you're traveling.
4: Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the wonderful things about traveling, especially internationally, is that you meet so many uh, independent travelers and, and also couples traveling just, you know, definitely groups of people traveling and usually when you're out traveling internationally you're very open you're very open to hearing uh, other culture hearing about other cultures meeting other people and so there's usually a lot of unexpected um, opportunities that come up when you're traveling like that to, to meet other people and, and who knows what happens
2: how does uh, in the minute we have left how does any how does someone looking for a traveling companion now so someone you're going to be travel with how how does one vet them and make sure they're not uh, uh, a bad person to use a general term.
4: You yeah, sure? Well, on our website, um it's a secure platform. Everybody has to uh register um and they are required to give some personal information, so um, they can they can help vet each other that way. Also, through the communication across, a, you know, a, some period of time that they're doing where they're planning the trip, uh, that helps. And also, through the fact that um, after some period of communication we require a credit card, we do have personal details in case something uh, does somehow go awry, we, we do have some recourse that way.
2: I see. Well, Anthony, thank you very much for joining me today.
4: Thank you very much. Thanks, Rudy.
2: Anthony Volpe is the Chief Marketing Officer for a website called Triptogether.com that can link you with perhaps a traveling companion or someone in the place you may be visiting in the world who might be uh, happy to show you around or share secrets of their place with you, take you out to lunch, or you can take them out to lunch, I guess would be the appropriate thing. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, Let me give you the website again. I'm sorry. I just uh, Triptogether. It says it all. Triptogether.com. Stick around. We'll be back in Rudy Max's world in just a moment. We're going to talk with, well, uh, we're going to talk with the points guy who I just found out has just landed in Cuba. So stay tuned.
0: To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. To join Rudy Max's World, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel
2: radio show. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. I'm Rudy Max, your genial radio show host. It's 52 minutes after the hour. We were going to have Brian Kelly on. Well, we are having Brian Kelly on. We were going to be talking about... He is known as the points guy, and you've heard me talk about him. I write about him in my newsletter, which you should subscribe to. It's free if you just send me an email at Rudy at rudymaxi.com and put subscribe in the line. I'll send it to you. At any rate, um, he is an expert on the use of frequent flyer mile points to get tickets and other things around the world. And we were going to talk about that subject, but I found out he just landed in Cuba. So I thought, well, you know, Cuba's very hot this week. Let's ask him about Cuba. Brian, there's going to be a little delay, I think, here on the phone. Brian, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Where are you in Cuba?
9: Buenos dias. I'm actually in Miramar, which is a uh, kind of a neighborhood in Havana. And I got here late, late Thursday, or actually Friday morning, early Friday morning, and I've been loving it
2: an upscale neighborhood in 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 Havana now called Miramar. Now Brian, did you tell us the process, <clears throat> excuse me, that you had to go through to get there. Was this a trip you had planned before the White House announcement about uh freeing up travel or did you just go catch a charter flight on Thursday?
9: So, yeah, actually on Thursday when I heard the news I said, well, there's no better time than now. I, I live in Miami, so I was like, uh, you know, might as well just try to go. Um, I actually called the charter companies, and they were scrambling the day of the announcement because they didn't know exactly what it means now. You know, the government said if you're one of these 12 categories of travelers, uh, journalists being included, you no longer need to apply for a permit. Um, but if you self-select yourself in a category and there's no application, doesn't that mean pretty much anyone can buy a charter ticket? You know, who's really verifying the credentials? Should it be the charter company? But, I mean, from what I understand, it's pretty much self-verification at this point, since there's no application process. Um, So I I actually was going to book a nonstop charter. They have them pretty much daily from Miami and Tampa, even from New York. Um, But they were all sold out for a couple days. So being the impatient traveler I am, I just booked myself on a flight to Grand Cayman, which is an hour flight from Miami, and then I was able to purchase round-trip tickets, uh, came into Havana with no issue uh, on Cayman Airways. And, and how did you yeah, so how did you I arrange a comp- passport, I bought a $20 Cuban tourist visa and yeah it was actually very very seamless. I mean, I did it all within a couple hours before departure.
2: Two questions, did they stamp your passport and how did you arrange accommodations?
9: <clears throat> very good questions. First off, they did not stamp my passport. I having landed on the 16th, which is the day that the new regulations uh want to do you know, I probably can get a stamp and and explain my logic, uh, that I am a journalist and, you know, I I have been uploading on social media while I'm here. Although it's so unclear with uh, the rules that you know, it is still a risk. So I still ask them not to stamp that passport. And the woman getting you look like, duh, I know you're American, I'm not going to stamp it. So they're very aware of the process. Uh, and I think the, the rules are so new, no one really knows. I kind of was tempted to be the first, you know, person to, well, not the first person, plenty of people have been here, but uh, under the new rules. But I, I, I don't know, I didn't want to push it. And then accommodations can be very, very difficult. So uh, most of the hotels here, do not accept U.S. credit cards. You cannot book through U.S. travel agency websites. So even if you type in Havana, you're not gonna. It's not gonna come up. I actually, I was actually scrambling. I almost missed my flight because I was like, uh, I have no hotel. Nothing was available online. We even had friends in Spain trying to book. But most hotels will need two days' notice at least which I guess for most people won't be an issue. But I used a travel agency, Nash Travel. NashTravel.com, they saved my butt. They were able to make me a last-minute reservation at this uh, very nice hotel. It's a beautiful pool. It's secure. There's actually Wi-Fi here, 5 bucks an hour. So, uh, yeah, definitely plan your travel at least two days in advance to Cuba. Don't do what I did.
2: And how much does a, a stay at the hotel you're at cost?
9: So this is an, a nicer hotel i have a huge room kind of it's almost like a junior suite and it's about 125 a night and you prepay it with your u.s credit card with the canadian travel agency they use a service called sunwing to send the payment to cuba so it's prepaid so you don't have to worry about your credit card working um because uh, it did my u.s credit card did not work from yesterday i'm assuming most of most places you go don't even take credit card um, so don't come here expecting to use credit card. I, I brought cash with me, uh, and you know leave some in the hotel safe, and uh, you know keep keep come on me at all times. But uh, yeah, definitely want to bring cash if you come to Cuba.
2: I'm talking to Brian Kelly, the points guy. We normally talk to him about how to maximize frequent the use of frequent flyer points. But he just landed in Cuba on Thursday, so we thought we'd talk to him. We only have about 30 seconds left, Brian. But I know you've only been there a day and a half or so. But how is uh, how are folks happy to see an American hanging around the hood?
9: Everyone, people could not be nicer. It is safe here. Uh, you know, I, I know I had a lot of concerns. Just walking around the city is a task in itself. And we did a $5 uh, double-decker bus tour of all throughout Havana. It was beautiful. Highly recommend. Just watch out. I'm tall, so I nearly got decapitated a couple of times, so just be careful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us. Have a great trip. The subject we're going to talk about is a timeless one, and we'll get back to it with you a few weeks from now, if you yep. don't mind. Can't wait. Take care. Okay. Take care, Brian. Bye-bye. Brian Kelly, the Points Guy. Check it out, thepointsguy.com. He, by the way, has a—I mean, I've sent, I'm sent. i trying to send out a weekly newsletter and struggling at that because it's a lot of work. Um, he does a daily one, and he's got all kinds of great tips. So if you are a person who collects frequent flyer mileage points or tries to collect more and 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 play that game, which is a very useful game if you play it correctly— Just uh, go to thepointsguy.com and sign up to receive his daily bulletins. They're very informative. I presume he's doing some stuff on Cuba right now, too, as well. Coming to the end of the hour here at Rudy Max's World, it's been a great two hours, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of interesting guests. I hope you uh, share my opinion. If you missed part of the show, you can find a podcast at rudymaxa.com beginning around Sunday evening. Rudymaxa.com. Click podcast. Thank you to Janet Deosavini, my executive producer. Jeff Ryder is my producer. Talk to you next weekend.